What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brand New Show. As you already know, I am Brand New. Uh, hopefully, you can't hear my fan, but if you can, I'm sorry. Uh, um, it's been a crazy, 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 crazy uh, couple of days, and I will be talking about that soon. But uh, today's episode is 100% about wrestling life, my new series, Wrestling Life. Uh, so go. And listen to previous episodes I've done of this of this particular series for my podcast. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been listening. Shout out to everybody that's been uh, subscribing. You can subscribe on podcast platforms. You can hit the notifications on podcast platforms. You can rate. You can review. You can comment on all podcast platforms. Uh, particularly, man, if you also are if you only you know if you've been subscribing to my YouTube channel, Brand Janu Show. Thank you. If you're following me on social media, Brand Janu Show on. Instagram and TikTok, brand new show. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, season six premieres tonight. This is actually season six premiere week. Uh, this is one of the episodes that will be a part of season six premiere week. Uh, that will be dropping Thursday, I think. Uh, probably put it Thursday, and uh, of this week. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. And uh, I got another episode of Wrestling Life, which I talked about. Uh, the one and only, the great. Paul Heyman, which is coming out later on this week as well for Premier Week. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And like I said, today's episode is about Clash at the Castle. Uh, last night's, uh, yesterday's prime live event on Peacock. Um, and I will be talking about that in this for in this totality. Uh, I will be rating and reviewing, well, rating these matches from my favorite, from my least favorite matches to my favorite match of the night. Uh, to be honest with you, I already got my five-star match of the night, but I'll tell you about that later. And I'll also tell you about what I really do believe is going to happen two months from now, and that is Survivor Series. So I'm going to tell you what I believe is going to physically happen for that particular pay-per-view because of what happened last night at Clash at the Castle. But, like I said, I will get into that, uh, including these matches, and let's start it off right now. I also will be including... Excuse me. In this uh, rating and reviewing of these matches, I will be talking about. Sorry about that. Eh, I'll be talking about the um, one of the pre-show matches, which is uh, was uh, Madcap Moss in the Street Profits versus uh, Austin Theory in Alpha Academy. So in all seven matches, I will be talking about all seven matches. Um, and it's all totality. Um. One of those, uh, a lot of these matches, Clash of the Castle wasn't a bad pay-per-view. I said off the gate. It wasn't a bad pay-per-view. A lot of these matches had really kind of interesting finishes, kind of like a little bit of a fuck-up-ass finish. Either the the matches kind of prolonged the storyline or kind of, well, the first match particularly is prolonging the storyline. But I didn't like the way the match ended, particularly the match in the segment of this particular uh, situation. And this is why it's getting, um, to me, my least favorite match of the night. I won't say it's the worst match, my least favorite match of the night. Um, and that is Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day. Um, I didn't like the ending. And that is why this match is getting a, a, a very, uh, I, okay, I've done this a couple of times. I've done this literally just a moment ago. And I gave it a two-and-a-half-star match because I knew it was coming. But I'm going to just give it a two because I just want to make it a two. I'll say it's a two because, yeah, I give it a two. It's a two for me. Um, we all knew the ending was coming. Uh, we all knew what, what was eventually going to happen. I pretty much think this is what the match really was going to be. Uh, Dominic Mysterio turned heel, finally. Good God. Uh, that was a character that we've all been screaming to be a heel for the last year. Like, bro, just be a heel. At least six months. Since Judgment Day has started and they've been targeting the Mysterios, they, he should have been a heel. Like, that, we've been saying that for a while. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if Vince would have pulled the trigger if Triple if he was still in charge because I think he would have still thought, like, the kid could still be something special. I don't know if he would have pulled the trigger. But, um... They probably thought, oh, your dad still could teach you some things. Um, but 
talking about the match in particularly, um, is what I expected. Judgment Day whooped the hell out of Rey Mysterio. Edge get the hot tag. The crowd go crazy. Um, uh, they had his moments in the in the match. I mean, I mean, like if it, it had like yeah, it had his like its moments. Um, when uh, you know, Edge speared Damian Priest off the apron, and Edge did six one nine, which was another crazy ass thing. Um, he kind of did it on Finn Balor, which I didn't understand. I would do it done it on Damian Priest, but it is what it is. Uh, but Edge doing a six one nine, and also him spearing Damian Priest off the apron. Uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, diving onto Dominic, who was pretty much being carried by Rhea Ripley, which means he kind of inadvertently hit her and brought her into the uh, to the thing to the uh barricade. Yeah, I like I said, it had its moments, but it all in all was supposed to lead up to what it lead up led up to, which which is which was Dominic Mysterio trying to heal. This is why I say this is my least favorite match because I knew it was coming. But I think, to be honest, I think this is why it's my least favorite match because I personally think Dominic Mysterio should just turn heel in a match. Like it made no sense for Edge and Ray to win the match if you're trying. And this is another reason why I've I've been on record literally every time when I've said and done this damn episode, these podcast episodes. The reason why I'm particularly against the Judgment Day is because they got too many fucking starts and stops. It's like they win a match and then they lose. And then they win a match and then they lose. They need a fucking consistent-ass run as the winners. Or just let them lose and break the fuck up. I don't know, but they got too many starts and stops. This is one of those examples. Edge and Ray should not, should not have won that match if the ending of that segment was going to go the way it was going to go. You should have let Dominic Mysterio cause Edge and Ray to match. Now, when he calls Judgment Day to match, it seemed like his vision was kind of skewed a little bit. You could have easily had that be Edge, and he's trying to get ready for a spear, and he bounces off the ropes, but Dominic doesn't see him, and he grabs his foot, and he doesn't get a spear. Instead, he trips up, and he looks back, like, what the fuck? And maybe Damian Priest catches him with a knee or something, and uh, what, is that, what is his finisher? Uh, uh, South of Heaven. Hit him with the South of Heaven, tagging the Finn Balor, coup de gras, Judgment Day wins. And 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 that's like they get their little prize and they go on a on a they go on a uh, they're walking to the entrance way. Dominic Stereo gets in the ring, and you know Edge is mad because he tripped him up. He's like, "What the, what, what you doing?" And he's like, "I, I didn't see. I'm sorry." Like and Ray's trying to break it up, and you know, it, it, and Ray becomes the voice of reason. Edge like, "You know what, man? You're right." Goes up to Dominic, gives him a hug, like, "Yo, you know, I've known you since you were a kid." Stuff like that, shit like that, da da da, da. and then Dominic's like, yeah, that's cool, and it kicks him in the nuts, <laughs> and it kicks him in the nuts, just kick him right in the nuts, right there, pow, okay, and Ray goes over there, like, what the fuck, I, like, what's good, like, what are you doing, like, he did, like, he really did, like, oh, what the fuck, do the same shit, do the same segment at the end of the match, just Judgment Day wins the match, I just feel like Judgment Day losing. It was stupid because, and then on top of that, Dominic didn't even join Judgment Day. Uh, like, go look at it. He didn't join Judgment Day. He just did this shit and walked the fuck out the ring. Like, you could have did that shit with Judgment Day standing on the entranceway. If he's not going to physically join right in and there, you could have literally just let Judgment Day win the match, stand at the entranceway. He does that, and he kind of, like, tears off the shirt, but he gives them the look like, y'all were right. And he walks past him. He doesn't really join him, just walk past him. But at least they'd be like, oh, yeah, I told you. Told you. You could have did the same fucking segment just with Judgment Day winning the match because I feel like that's what you're trying to build. You're trying to build Judgment Day. Them losing to Ray and fucking Eddie every time. Ray and Edge every time. Particularly losing to Edge. You're not even losing to Ray. You're losing to Edge every fucking time. It's kind of stupid. You're supposed to be building these guys and, and they're losing. And I'm not saying Edge had to take the loss. But in that sense, it would have made sense because Dominic Mysterio is not going to do that to his own father. But Edge, somebody he just got speared by a couple of weeks ago when I was at Raw, like, that makes sense. Like, Edge should have lost and that makes sense. And then it would have went into that segment. Yeah, but I didn't like the ending. The ending of this, this segment in the match, the, the ending of the entire situation, the full segment was stupid. I thought it was dumb, and this is why I was getting a two.
He's getting a two because of that. I gave it a 2.5, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a two. It's not a 2.5. It's a two. Because I knew what's going to happen. I knew even – I knew Dominic was going to turn heel. I just didn't know how. I always thought you should give Judgment Day to win and let Dominic Mysterio be the reason why. But they let him – and then let him turn heel. Those three things. It should have been Dominic calls, Ray and Edge the match. Uh, he turns heel. And then – oh, no. He, he calls them the match. Judgment Day wins. You build them. And then he turns heel. And then he walks up the entrance way. Judgment Day is looking at him like, you joining us? And he just gives him a smirk like, hmm. And just walk past him. Don't say a lot. Just walk past him. Because what the fuck happened is exactly what happened. It just was completely fucking out of order. He didn't even look at him. He didn't even look at Judgment Day. He just did it and walked the fuck out the ring. Like, and by the way, the crowd was so happy. Now, if Judgment Day would have won and that happened, you would have made more sense. It just didn't make any sense. The Edge and Ray should not have won a match. It sh- they shouldn't have won a match. And we all know Dominic's going to join Judgment Day. It would have just made way more sense to do it that way instead of because Judgment Day should have won and it would have made sense. So it gets a two. It gets a fucking two for me, personally. Um, the next match on the, the, my least favorite match. Uh, I can't even say it's the least favorite match, but I give it like a low 2.5. Is the pre-show match uh, that I just said? Street Profits and Madcap Moss versus Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Um, some people say uh, that made no sense because Madcap Moss is not even on Raw, but Madcap Madcap Moss and Austin Theory have had a robbery uh, when Austin Theory used to be on both shows. Him and Madcap Moss, because of the Money in the Bank, had a problem right then and there. So. It made sense to have them two kind of in that match, personally. I'm tired of seeing the Street Profits and Alpha Academy together. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. It's kind of stupid. I don't see the point of it anymore. Um, but the six-man tag was pretty entertaining. Uh, a lot of flips, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, kip-ups, a lot of, lot of high springboard moves from, from my task forward. Again, showing his, his athleticism out the ass. He actually did like a brain buster outside the fucking ring. Like what they would do on the on the in the ring, he did it outside the ring and landed on everybody, which was pretty dope. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good match. I don't think it was a, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as it wasn't bad either. It was it was it was decent. It was a pre-show match, so it didn't even make the man card. But it was better than the Judgment Day and Edge. I tell you that right now. I can tell you that shit right now. It was better than that. So I give it like a, I give it a two point five, a low two and a half stars. I give it a low two and a half stars. Yeah, I give it a low two and a half stars. I give it a low two and a half stars. But it was a pretty good match. Decent. Six minutes. Six minutes, they did enough for me to be like, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the next match on it is a high two and a half stars. Liv Morgan and Shannon Baszler. I've, this is why I was getting a higher two and a half stars over the Judgment Day match in the pre-card uh, match. Again, the finish, I have been saying for weeks that I think Shayna should win, but Liv won. And to be honest, I think it actually was a good idea. Keep the title on her. I think Triple H now is going to build her the way they need to build her, and that is she can take an ass whooping, but she's got the underdog mentality that nothing's going to stop her from winning, and that's what's going to build this girl. Like They have to get her back to being an underdog. Before anything else, she was an underdog. From when she was in the Riot Squad to her particularly breaking out of that group and becoming now a solo wrestler. When she got moved, I think, to SmackDown, everybody was like, all raw still. When she had to be a solo superstar, that's what she's been. She's been the underdog, the person that nobody believes can win those types of matches. And she beats Ronda at Money in the Bank. Technically, that's not really, like, a thing, but she beat her. But... Uh, the SummerSlam match, now knowing what I know, the Logan Paul and the Miz was, they went over their time, so somebody had to take the brunt of that time, them going over time, which was the Ronda and Liv match. It was, it wasn't a good, it, what happened at Clash of the Castle was supposed to happen at SummerSlam to me. Um, Liv gets her ass whooped in some house away, miraculously wins the match. 
and that's kind of how it was. I think, but the it, it but her tapping does look bad. Is like really bad. Um, and she got unnecessary heat for that bullshit, which was stupid. Um, but what it did was build Shayna Baszler to be a dominant wrestler again. That's mainly what I took from it. More so than not, I took really you got to live back to being an underdog. Which is good because that's her character. That's what really drove her. And actually, to be honest, I think she got fans back because of that match because she didn't give up. She didn't just let Shayna beat the shit out of her and just that was the match. Like she actually found ways to escape a lot of Shayna's moves, which was rare. And so for her to win that match over Shayna Baszler, who was pretty fucking game in that match, she beat the lovely she beat the shit out of Liv. For most of that match, which which should have happened, but she found a way to win, and that's what's supposed to also happen. And I think a lot of fans are gonna probably respect her for that because I think that's what was supposed to happen at SummerSlam. Now, what I believe is gonna happen is at Extreme Rules is gonna be a triple threat match. I think Liv is gonna be fighting Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Do I think Liv's gonna come out of that match with the title? Uh, we shall see. But I think that's really what's building towards. Shannon and Ronda versus Liv. I think that's what's building it towards it because Ronda has a claim that technically I didn't live tap. She tapped me. And Shannon's going to be like, I'm not going to sit in the back and wait for you to beat her. I want her first. I think I deserve to beat her. And that's what's going to happen. And Liv's going to run them out and be like, I think I can beat both of y'all. I beat both of y'all already. I can beat both of y'all in the same match. And that's going to be a triple threat match on Extreme Rose. So, I'm looking forward to it. But the, the match in all in all, it was a really good match. I actually thought it was a really good match. Like I said, me personally, it, the next two matches, the finishes to me, I thought Shayna should have won. But Liv winning, it makes sense. Keep her as the champion. Now build her as the underdog champion. Let's see what happens. So two and a half. I give it two and a half. I give it two and a half stars. This is a pretty good match. This is a high two and a half stars. So pretty good match. Um, which leads to the next match, which is another women's match, and I give this match a perfect. I give this match a three. I give this match a three star match. Uh, like I said, I did this video just a moment ago. Something happened. I couldn't, you know. But anyway, uh, the next match is the six women tag. Uh, which opened the show. Uh, Bianca Belair. Alexa Bliss and Oscar versus Bailey, uh, Eo Sky and Dakota Kai damage control. This six woman tag was what I expected. <laughs> Again, a lot of these matches are what you expected. You know, I expected Liv to get her ass with Shane. I expected Judgment Day. I expected Judgment Day to supposed to win that match, but I expected the ending. I expected what the end of the segment was supposed to be: Dominic Mysterio turn Hill. This match was exactly what I expected, too. I expected Damage Control to win the match. I expected that to happen. What I did not expect is who was supposed to take the pin. Now, to me, I've literally been on record saying it should be Asuka. Asuka's obviously the person that should take the pin because you're trying to build Alexa Bliss back as a number one contender, and Bianca's literally the champion, and she hasn't lost in, like, a year. So you're not going to probably let her take the pin, Right? Uh, clearly, WWE didn't listen to me because Bianca took the loss, technically. She took the pin. She took the pin, and she lost to Bailey of all people, which is another reason why this makes sense and why I did bump it up to a three because it was actually supposed to be a two and a half, but I'll bump it up to a three. I'll give it a three because of the finish because it showed how – okay, I was about to say how weak Asuka and Alexa looked in this match. But it is kind of show how weak Oscar and Alexa looked in the match because as much as they had their moments, in totality, they're not going to beat Damage Control. Bianca's not going to beat Damage Control with them two, which leads to me thinking about what's going to happen. A lot of people are mad, and this goes into Monday night, where, you know, Io Sky, Dakota Kai was fighting for the women's tag team titles. And they lost. A lot of people are mad. I'm not mad because I actually, after I saw the match, and I was like, it kind of makes sense. Because we don't really know when Sasha and Naomi are coming back. Which means 
to me, why would you put the titles on EO and Dakota right now? When you know that's going to be the prize match. That's going to be the prize match. If that's the case, you got to build it. So whenever they come back at, let's say, Royal Rumble or shit after Extreme Rules, because that's Survivor Series, TLC. Yeah, so whenever you build that match, you got to build that match right, right? I'm assuming. And like I said a long time ago, like I've been feeling, no, like I've, like it's been for a long time. Sasha and Naomi are actually SmackDown. Dakota and Io are Raw. So if they come back at Extreme Rules, you're not going to give them the match right then and there. But, yeah, you're not going to give them the match right then and there. But let's say the team captains of, because Bianca's going to be fighting Liv or Ronda uh, or Shayna. Or maybe Bailey's gonna be fighting one of them, and now you create a real situation where, at let's say TLC, you make another six women tag: Bianca, Sasha, and Naomi versus Damage Control, and that will make more sense because then you go into the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I didn't see why they should have won the tag team titles, the women's tag team titles, because we all expected it, and I think that's why it happened the way it happened. But yeah, all in all, man, um, Bailey beating Bianca. Bailey was supposed to get a, a rematch because she technically never she got injured around the time she was supposed to get the match against Bianca last year at the Royal Rumble a year ago something at the Royal Rumble she was supposed to get that match and she she got injured um, but this kind of more so puts the story into perspective of more so like Bailey is the only person in probably a year that has literally beat Bianca and pinned her wasn't a disqualification wasn't anything like that. She actually won two, three pender in the ring. This makes sense. So let's make this happen. So, yeah, I give it a three. All in all, because of the finish. More so because of the finish. It prolongs that story, and it particularly puts now Bianca and Bailey on collision course to fight each other, which is great. And when it comes to – and it also shows that Bianca needs stronger teammates to go up against damage control because Asuka and Alexa got obliterated in that match. By those three women, <laughs> like, like, let's just be real. Like, if you watched it, you were like, "Oh my god, god damn, they got ass whooped." Yeah, they need some. She needs more of Sasha and Naomi. She needs Sasha and Naomi. Let's just get that out of the way. She needs Sasha and Naomi to play to fight damage control. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, I was trying to play like be nice out. No, they, she, she needs that. Um, but yeah, a three. I give it a three. Um, which brings me to the next three matches. And like I said, my my five-star match is already set in stone. You probably know what I'm talking about. But these other two are entwined with each other. And I'll tell you why. And it's kind of why I'm also going to rate it the way I'm going to rate it. Again, the finishes of these matches are the reason why I'm particularly giving it the way I'm giving it. Coming in with a four and a four and a half stars, four and a half stars. The Tribal Chief versus Drew McIntyre. I know people are gonna be mad as hell that I'm putting the Tribal Chief versus Drew McIntyre at four and a half stars. <laughs> I know people are gonna be mad as hell, but they're four and a half, man. It's not. Like I said, the finish. The finish of this match. Let's get into it. It was a great fucking match. Let's get real. That was a really good fucking match. It was a good match. But all in all, the finish of the match to me is still why I feel like... Which is why, like I said, I now feel like I know Survivor Series. I know what's going to happen at Survivor Series. And probably why they didn't pull a trigger right then and there. But all in all, Roman is still... Undisputed Universal Champion. That's cool. But Drew losing at home is weird. Because you build him so damn well to beat Roman. That's the crazy part. You build this motherfucker so good to beat him. And he didn't win. Like, and this was the best time to do it. 
right? Like, this is the best time to win, to beat Roman Reigns. This is the best time. And it didn't happen. And you're now thinking, like, in your head, like, how the hell did that not happen? It was a good match, man. A good half an hour match. Um, The beginning... You could tell Roman was out of it. He was out of his element, which is beautiful because it showed not only that he was alone because usually, like they kept saying, and there was another thing on the, on the, on the announcing that this is the time where, the, you know, the wise man will come up to him and say, hey, stay focused. Like, you're still the tribal chief. He can't take you. He can't take this title from you. Paul Hammond's not there. This is the time where the bloodline will probably, like, do some shit to get you an advantage. They're not there. So in the beginning, it showed Roman like being like, not only do I not have my bloodline, do not have my wise man, I don't, I'm not even in the United States. I have nobody that likes me here. Holy shit, I'm in real fucking trouble here. And Drew took advantage of that. Uh, which leads to the beginning, halfway through the match of the beginning of stages of the match where they're outside and somebody throws a fucking water bottle at Drew McIntyre. They're outside, throw the water bottle at Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is like, who the fuck? And he looks and it's carrying cross. <laughs> he threw the water bottle at him. And you're like, oh shit. And it gives Roman the advantage to get back into the match. And they go on and continue to fight and continue to fight. This is probably why I like this match so much. Because it was actually a decent fucking match. It was a really good fucking match. It had its moments. Particularly at the end. And 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 this is what makes a good match. Because at the end, when you know it's almost over. Who is going to win? And it's almost over. It's almost over. The rub gets knocked out. Now, particularly, I'm not, I hate when that shit happens because it's kind of like, it It does put a pause on the moment of the match and shit. The rub gets knocked out, falls outside. Um, matter of fact, Drew McIntyre, by the way, Roman speared Drew like two times and he kicked out. So Roman's already frustrated. He's like, are you serious right now? He spears him two times, he kicks out. Drew McIntyre finally hits the Claymore in a back woman's head. <laughs> and he hits a ref and he falls out the ring. Um, which prompts Theory to run out with the money in the Bay briefcase, which, by the way, again, is the weirdest thing in the world. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do with this kid, but I guess this is going to be the, the act of the next couple of pay-per-views. It's going to be him trying to run out and cash money in the bank, and then something's just going to happen um, until he finally cashes it in. But... Um, which is another reason why I feel like they're probably going to take that briefcase off because you don't have this many false starts to cash your money in the bank. Like, Seth Rollins maybe had maybe like two when he was running in a bank briefcase holder. He had like two. Um, he tried at like Night of Champions on Brock and John when they fought. And that was, I think that might have been it. That might have physically been it. That might have been the only time he tried to cash in money in a bank. That entire time. Because you want to go try on Brock Lesnar. That shit just wasn't going to happen. But that might have been, and then he did it successfully at WrestleMania. So he only had like two times where he tried to cash in money in the fucking bank. That's literally it. One time he failed, Night of Champions. And then the other time he actually successfully did it at WrestleMania 31. That's kind of what you're trying to build this kid theory ass, right? But he comes out with the referee and gets his ass knocked the fuck out by Tyson Fury. Just punched his ass clean the fuck out. Uh, I don't know if he was supposed to sucker punch him or not. Uh, like, like kind of like, but he looked like he punched the shit out of him. So, <laughs> so the ref gets in the ring. And, but before uh, he gets in the ring, even before Theory runs out there, they, I fucked up. Uh, before even Theory runs out there, Roman Reigns gets a chair and tries to, like, hit Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre claymores him. And that's when Theory runs out with the ref. And Tyson Fury knocks him out. Ref gets in the ring. 
and you know he's they're, they're fighting still, and they gets up, and Drew Claymore's him again. One, two, Rev gets pulled out the fucking ring. Who is he that would do some shit like that in Drew's homeland? Knowing damn well Drew about to win. None other than the Usos' little brother. NXT superstar. So it's just like, this motherfucker always got blood. What the fuck? <laughs> and Drew's like, you know what? Grabs him, try to bring him in the ring. He hangs Drew up on the ropes. Roman spears him. I think it's like the third, fourth spear. One, two, three, over. Fuck. Listen, that match, all in all, man, was incredible. From all of the ups to downs, the craziest times, from the beginning to the end, um, the near falls, the 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 refs being in and out the the situation, having a new rep, then new ref, then he gets pulled out the ring, then the original ref chops in and pins him. It kind of felt like an old WWE match where it was so many things, so many elements, uh, in this match that you don't know what's gonna happen, and the fans didn't go home happy. But at the end of the day, you got, I guess, what you needed. And that is Roman still being champion, but now having a real reason why you need to take the titles off of him again. Because this is the thing. That's not really a real reason to take the titles off of him. Because he got two titles is what I've been saying, which is why I'm going to talk about what I feel is going to happen at Extreme Rules, which is going to lead to Survival Series. But you got two titles on this man, and that's the problem. Because when you're fighting him for both titles, it makes no sense to lose both titles. But all in all, it was a really great match. Really great match. And what I'm gonna talk about right after this is exactly what I feel about why that match particularly happened the way it happened. Um, which led to my next match, uh, and it ends with a four. Point seven five. It's not a five yet. Four point seven five is pretty fucking good. Uh, the segment Monday lifted this match perfectly. Um, and like I've said numerous times, that Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle will be one of my favorite matches when they did fight, and they did fight. Like I said, Monday was incredible. The segment that led into this match of you know Seth kind of being a Joker kind of still. Like the Joker kind of, I'm still a visionary, I'm the Messiah, playing jokes, <laughs> like shit like that, <laughs> shit like that, that was fun, that's, it's, that's fun, yeah, and then, the mic's cut off, right, camera's done, right, and you're like, goes to break, comes back, and they're like, well, we got some video footage from a moment ago between Seth and Matt Riddle backstage. Goes into the to the video footage. I guess they thought it was over. Segment's over. Going about your business. Seth's still sitting there, and the 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 character is gone. And he's like, "Yo, Matt, you still there?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm still here. What's up?" And he just goes in. He just goes in, man. He's just like, don't talk about my family. Let's talk about your family. Let's <laughs> not talk about my family. Let's talk about your family. Because this is why I kept saying this will be my favorite match when they finally did get together. It's because they don't like each other. That's real. That, them two don't like each other. They've been on record saying for years that they don't like each other. Because of Matt Riddle's ex-wife. She was body shaming a lot of women. I saw it today. Seth actually explained it today in the interview he did. He was like, yo, like, his ex-wife was body shaming a lot of women, particularly my wife. <laughs> like, like, so automatically, I already got a problem with it. And this is even before Matt Riddle was even called up to the main roster. He was still at NXT. And Matt Riddle was like, and Seth said he just didn't like the way he was acting when he was around a lot of people, calling out certain people. Certain, But I also would take it as this, as Matt Riddle being like, I'm tired of part-timers coming back and trying to steal our, sun, uh, our, our, our spotlight when 
we don't need a Brock Lesnar anymore. We don't need a Goldberg anymore. So I could understand why Matt would feel that way. But Seth felt like that's disrespectful to them because, like, bro, these guys paid away for us to get into this position. So why would you say some stuff like that? But um, all in all, the rivalry between these two are going to be really good and really interesting. The match in its full totality was incredible. It's what I expected. I expected it to be very passionate, very um, – Seth would get his wrestling in, and Riddle would get his wrestling in, and what happened at the end was exactly what Seth Rollins is so great at doing, capitalizing on somebody's one lack of judgment. Riddle got upset, very upset, <laughs> and Seth tried to hit him with a chair, missed, he tries to get back in the ring, Seth stumps him. But all in all, and then not only did he stump him, he went up another level just to make sure he finished him. Went up to the second rope, stump again, and ends the match. All in all, it was a great match, exactly what I expected it to be. Now, this is why I say, you know, I'll talk about that later. But all in all, 4.75. Stars. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it's a four point seven five stars for me. Like a super, super, super close five. But it's not a five. I thought it would be the best match. It's all I saw what a really good fucking match looked like. It like on this game, on this card. It's a really good match. Sat and Riddle are going. Matt are going to fight again. I know they're going to fight again. Um, and they're probably going to fight at Extreme Rules. I'm pretty sure of it. Which is why I think what I said about the Drew and Roman thing is going to play come back and kind of. Be interesting. Um, which leads me to who I thought had the best fucking overall match of the pay-per-view. And again, it again, it's like what I said about setting uh, Matt, Matt Riddle. When I heard they were going to fight, I was like, yeah, it's gonna pretty, this is pretty much going to be a really good fucking match because Matt Riddle could really perform in the ring. Seth could really perform in the ring. Same thing with my number, the best match I saw that entire last, yesterday. Sheamus versus Gunther. Sheamus versus Walter. I'm tired of calling this man Gunther. Can we change his name? Y'all gave him his old group back. Y'all pretty much gave him his old attire back. Y'all gave him pretty much damn near his old song back, his old theme music back. Can we just change his name? This would be really good. Um, yes, it starts off with Sheamus walking down to the ring, getting an incredible fanfare, man. Getting so much love from the crowd. You would think he's a face. <laughs> like, 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 it's just like how Sami Zayn got his loves, just like Drew. They got so much love when they go home. And Sheamus got that love. I think he's like 20 miles away from where they were actually hosting this uh, um, pay-per-view. So even it's crazy year. Um, but Walter comes out with a perium. If you know anything about NXT UK. Imperium ran NXT UK, um, ran they ass perfectly. Uh, before Walter got called up to the main roster, or went to NXT and then got called up to the main roster. Um, but all in all, man, they, and then the begin before the match even starts, Imperium starts fighting with uh Rich Holland and uh Pete Dunn. I'm calling them Pete Dunn. Fuck, I, I hate that name, Butch. Call him Pete Dunn, because that's exactly who the fuck he is. Uh, they start fighting. They fight so much, they go into the back. <laughs> Which is, means this was actually a one-on-one fight. This was a one-on-one. No interference. Nobody came out to kind of fuck up some shit. Nothing. It was a clean one-on-one fight. And I, I didn't say, you hear what I just said? Fight. I didn't say match. I said fight, because that's exactly what the fuck it was. It was a fight. It was a fucking Fight! Thank you, Triple H. Because this is what the fuck we expected when we heard Sheamus versus Walter. We expected a fucking fight. And that's exactly what the fuck we got. (laughs) It's rare for a match to live up to his hype. It's very fucking rare. Especially in WWE. It's very fucking rare. We expected this to be a hard-hitting fucking competition. 
And boy, oh boy, was it a fucking hard-hidden copper fucking tissue. They lit each other the fuck up. All in all, to me, what I felt when I first heard this match, when I saw this match happen, I was like, Sheamus won that fifth, uh, fatal fifth way match. I was like, oh, we are really going to get a match. Like, this is actually going to be a real match. Because Walter is what Sheamus was a decade ago. Young, hard-hitting, aggressive, incredible athleticism, incredible way of fighting. He's exactly what Sheamus was a decade ago. And, they, and he's kind of like the young cub. He's the young cub. Same thing with like Seth and Matt. Like, they're young cubs. Like, they're young cubs. Walter and Matt are like young cubs. Well, Seth and Sheamus are like the older grizzly veterans. Whereas, right? like, you got to prove yourself <laughs> to me. And that match between Walter and Sheamus was great. Like, it, not only did it live up to the hype, it probably exceeded expectations in a sense. Because both men showed that at any moment, they can just go. And, man, it was so good. It was good. It it, it brought back my respect. I've always had respect for Shane. But it brought back my, like, that is the Celtic warrior. The man that beat John Cena in his first couple of months in WWE on the main roster. Like, that is what brought back. It was like, wow. And it also showed what Walter is. These two men beat the living hell out of each other. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> it wasn't a bad... From the moment it started, it wasn't a bad fucking match. That's hard. Because in a pay-per-view where it kind of like a lot of those matches had like kind of built to, the, to it, the Riddle set match, the Roman Drew in this match... That's why these these three matches were hard, were kind of hard to like rank. Other than this one, Sheamus and and, and, and Walter, this was kind of like the easiest match to rank for me. Because the moment I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, this is five. This is a five. This is a five. I was just like, am I gonna give the other two fives? Because that's the kind of like thing. And I can give the set and row match a five, but I just feel like, um. Matter of fact, I will give it a five. I'll take that back. Set and Riddle are a five. And I give Roman and Drew still a four and a half because I don't like to end it. I think it's time to take the titles off Roman. But, um, which leads me to now what it is. So that's the match. That was my, my rankings for uh, Clash at the Castle. Uh, I started off for the two, the Edge, Bray, and the Judgment Day. I started off as two and a half with the pre-show match. Uh, two and a half for Liv and Shayna, three for Bianca, uh, uh, Alexa, Oscar versus Damage Control, Bailey, uh, EO and Dakota, four and a half for Roman and Drew, and then both five matches for Set, R- Set and Riddle, and also Sheamus and Walter. So yeah, uh, now let's get into what's what I think is gonna happen. And why I think particularly WWE Triple H kept the titles on Roman. Extreme Rules is October 8th. Um, it's already been out there that Drew is going to fight Karrion Cross. And based on what happened yesterday, that's pretty much what's going to happen. They're going to fight for the winner to fight Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Because Roman's not going to fight at Extreme Rules. Let's get that out of the way. We already know that. He's not going to fight at Extreme Rules. Why is that important and why I also feel like Set and Riddle will have something to do with this too? Because of this. Roman's got two titles. This is what I've been saying. He's got both titles. Survivor Series is supposed to be a brand versus brand thing. How are you going to have a brand versus brand if the, one of the, if the man has two fucking titles? So how do you make a match? Easy. You say this. Set Rollins versus Riddle, rematch, at Extreme Rules. Maybe they put a, other than this stipulation, winner 
because I know Seth wants Roman. Because he never really lost Roman. He actually beat Roman at Royal Rumble. He won by no uh, disqualification because Roman Reigns got disqualified. But he beat Roman. And Riddle has shown he's actually capable of fighting Roman. And he can actually push Roman to the next level. So I think at Extreme Rules, now maybe you make it an Extreme Rules match. And the winner meets Roman at Survivor Series for the WWE Championship. Because I think that's the title that's going back to Raw. You make that into an extreme, you make Riddle versus Set at Extreme Rules, a Extreme Rules match, winner meets Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship. So what does that mean for Drew and Karrion Cross? Well, that match is going to be a regular old match, but Winner of that match also meets Roman at Extreme Rule at Survivor Series, but it under for the Universal title because Roman at this time in this juncture again, like I said when I was talking about the Drew shit, he holds both titles. It makes no sense to take both titles off of somebody just to put them on somebody else. So how do you get one of the titles off of Roman? Easy, you put him in a two match situation where. He can he could probably beat Drew or Karrion Cross one on one, but you can tell me he's gonna be set Rollins and Riddle too in one night. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Survivor Series needs that. They need a main event that's gonna make people actually want to tune the fuck in. And Roman having two matches in one night is a tune the fuck in type of feeling. Now, me personally, I would. Put the Universal title match first and let Roman beat Karrion Cross because he's not ready yet. And he keeps the undisputed, he keeps the Universal. But then right after that, Seth Rollins comes out, uh, Riddle comes out. I particularly think it's going to be Seth. Seth comes out and beats Roman because it makes sense. That makes more sense to have him have a double title match than to keep saying, He's going one-on-one against these people because it doesn't make any sense because as long as one-on-one, he's going to beat them. And you can't. And there's no reason to take the titles off of him. But you need a title on Raw. That's obvious. You need a title on Raw. So split the fucking titles. Split the matches. Roman is, a, is on SmackDown. That's where he's supposed to be. Undisputed titles on SmackDown. That's where it's supposed to be. I right, Drew and Karrion, since you're on SmackDown, y'all fight Roman for the Undisputed, for the Universal title. Setting Riddle, since you're on Raw, you fight Roman for the WWE Championship. That's what Survivor Series is going to be. But it sets up at Extreme Rules because you need two number one contenders for two titles. How do you get it? I think Karrion beats Drew. I think Set beats Riddle. And they go off and they fight for the WWE Championship. Set fights Roman for the WWE title. Karrion Cross fights. Uh, because if you put Roman against Drew for the Universal title, he loses the title. It makes no sense. You put that match at the end and let Drew beat Roman for the Universal title. But if you let Karrion Cross beat Drew, he's not ready yet to be the champion. You can keep the title on Roman. You can keep the Universal title on Roman. You cannot tell me that Roman could be set after going through a war with Karrion Cross. That's not even a fucking possible. He can't be set even when he's not. When he's had time to prepare. He can't be set. I've seen... These two men fight before. At Money in the Bank, at all these other pay-per-views, I've seen these two men fight before. Seth Rollins got Roman's number. Let's just get that shit out of the way. And who else to put a title on other than Seth fucking Rollins? It makes way more sense to put the WWE Championship on Seth than anybody else. Because he's the only other person outside of Drew that you can believe that could beat Roman and actually take the title. Am I lying? Am I lying? Let's, let's be real for a second. Am I fucking lying? Is there any other person that you believe outside of Drew and Seth that's actually healthy right now on the roster that can beat Roman Reigns to take the title? Maybe Kevin Owens, and that's about it. That's maybe Kevin Owens, but he's going to fight the Usos. Which is another thing. How you, which, by the way, is another conversation we need to have. Do you take the tag team titles off of the Usos? Do you take one of the titles off the Usos? But I think that's a survival series. But it starts at extreme rules. 
Riddle and Seth are going to fight. Winner is going to be an Extreme Rules match, but the winner gets a, a match against Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship at Survivor Series. Drew and Karrion Cross are going to fight, but the winner gets a match against Roman Reigns for the Undisputed, for the Universal title. Because you need one title on one person. And keeping the titles on Roman Reigns kind of makes this shit make no sense. And if I'm wrong, y'all, y'all go at me. But I think that makes way more sense for us. And Survivor Series is the, it's supposed to be the fourth major pay-per-view. But like I said, it's a brand versus brand thing. But Roman's got both titles. How's a brand versus brand? Easy. Make them fight. Two number one contenders from different brands. Since he holds both titles, he can fight the WWE Championship. He put the WWE title against one of the best Raw guys. Universal title against one of the best SmackDown guys. That's a violent series. Y'all think I'm probably crazy, but watch how this plays out. Watch how it plays out, because Raw needs a title. And Roman doesn't need to be. And plus, Roman just signed a new deal for a reduced schedule. So eventually, they're going to take the title off of him. And I've been saying this. If you're going to keep a title on Roman, it's the undisputed. It's the universal title. Because he's had that the longest. So let him have it. But the WWE Championship, get yeah, that shit is set and let him run it. Because Seth's the best in-ring worker right now on Raw. And plus, think of the feuds you could create with Seth as a champion. Him and AJ. Him and Bobby. Him and Riddle. Cody Rhodes is coming back eventually. Randy Orton's coming back eventually. Like, it's so many rivalries you could create where Seth Rollins as champion. Hell, if you want to, Theory in Seth. <laughs> you can put Theory and Seth together, matter of fact. Make it like a comedy act where we all know Theory got the money in the bank briefcase, but make it get them back together because Theory used to be on the set before he got called back down at uh, NXT. So, so many robberies. But that's what I believe Survivor Series is going to be. But it starts at Extreme Rules. So, if you think I'm crazy, we shall see. And uh, also, AEW All Out is tonight. Also, it's Clash of the Worlds Collide at, for NXT. I think it starts right now at noon today. Um, This is how I feel about the, the All Out. I don't really watch AEW like that. I tried Wednesday. I just couldn't couldn't watch it. Um, this is what I feel. Even if CM Punk wins tonight, you only do it because he's in Chicago. Because once he leaves Chicago, he still got heat in other cities. A lot of people are not going to cheer for CM Punk. You could do that shit in Chicago. That's about it. I don't doubt see CM Punk. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. You could do that promo, promo that he did. Because he's in Chicago. He did it anywhere else, that shit would not have landed. So, good luck tonight, AEW. Because you got like 14 matches on All Out. So, sooner or later, people are just going to tune the fuck out. But, good luck. Uh, and, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. And, uh, talk to you guys soon. Peace.